Hello, I'm Claire Cooper. And I'm April Wilde. It's time to kick back, relax, and surrender. Surrender. Welcome to With Intention Podcast, a place where we grow, we flow, we delve deeper, and peel back those layers and just learn a little bit more. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Welcome to today's podcast. Today we are diving deep into the subject of loss, whether that is overcoming loss after losing a loved one, maybe going through loss in a personal sense on a friendship or business or whatever loss is for you. We're going to dive deep into that subject today. So welcome to the space. We're going to actually pull an intention from these lovely cards we have in front. So Claire, go ahead. (laughs) Here I am, choosing the card for today. Bring a bit of an intention into your day. All right. I'm making the little girl I used to be proud of me. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes you forget you were little. Yeah. So strange. Sometimes you forget that you were this tiny person and you felt a lot and, Mm. you know, you become who you become ultimately, obviously. That really resonates though, because it's like, I actually did this retreat last week and we had to go deep and like hug our like 11 year old selves mm. and it was actually quite a tough exercise and go deep and you know at that age we carry so much emotion of judgment about ourselves and how we look and, and our lives and going deep and just giving that child a hug it was really liberating and I really recommend people give it a go. And actually because we're covering loss it's sort of that that loss of that sort of spirit of a child that you were mm. and that we don't need to lose that energy of ourselves. Yeah actually that's true because we do, we get a bit serious as we go into adulthood, I think, and not all of us, <laughs> you know, there's loads of really excited people, but we actually sometimes need to embrace back into that lovely childlike selves, don't we? Yeah, channel that energy, guys. Um, so yes, we're tackling an interesting topic today, but we also want to put very much a positive swing on it, but loss and what that means for each of us. And it is something that's that's very diverse and it and it hits us all differently. And it can be a major curveball. But I want to talk about sort of like loss in business, um, also focus and direction. But I know we're going to move into sort of deeper mm. areas, which uh, would be people in our lives that we've lost. Um, also um, money as well sometimes. Um, so let's, I don't know, where do you want to start? Well, we'll go Let's talk about the friendships in business. I mean, I'm going to dive deeper for those that know we might go a bit, might be a bit of a trigger warning if anyone's lost a close family member. Um, I'm going to dive into the loss of my mom a few months ago and miscarriage as well. So just so you know, if that's a trigger for you, we will go deep. But it's also been a very healing journey and a lot to process. So we're going to talk about it, how to overcome that. Uh, but yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you found loss in what you said in the business. That's intri- That intrigues me. So how have you found you found a loss within that? Yeah, I think with business sometimes it just doesn't work out or it doesn't it doesn't go the way that you intended it to but it takes another direction and um i'm actually in the process of that at the moment with one of my businesses and it, it, it there was a huge level of frustration upset emotion there's a tremendous amount of emotion mm-hmm. with that and i've been carrying that for a long time but actually what's happening is it's coming out to a really beautiful space but i didn't know it was going that way. I had another plan, another objective, and the universe had other plans. And I've had to really, really surrender. And I found that in moments very difficult because I'm obviously pregnant and hormones running around crazy. 
Um, and I just, I felt lonely in moments because when you work so damn hard on something and then it doesn't go the way that you think it should, mm. but then the universe presents another, another, sorry, curveball, which is a beautiful one. Mm. I think, oh, well, that's maybe where it's meant to go. Maybe, maybe it's got a longer plan that I, that I haven't envisaged. And maybe I should just be a bit more free and stop being so controlling on how, what the outcome looks like and, and the figure of what it looks like and, and everything else that's kind of stuck to it. Um, I found, I found the process. We've talked about reinventing and it feels like it's a little bit of that. When you lose something, um, it's a reinvention at the same time you're, you're rediscovering yourself. And unfortunately it can unravel some emotions you don't like. From the past as well. A in lot. the past. Yeah. yeah. But also it can discuss, you know, it can kind of reveal emotions that are really powerful and they drive you through. And also it can connect you with people that you didn't even know. Mm. And they're going to be in your life for the next seven, 10, 20, maybe for the rest of your life. So for me with business, it can be very painful, but nothing's forever. And that feeling that's so heavy can be moved on. It, it's not here forever. And I always remind myself of that, that we are constantly flowing, mm. we're constantly moving, and we're constantly being edged forward. And if we allow um, ourselves to surrender, we might move forward quicker. I think that's so true. The only truth is change really inevitable in life. And I agree with you so much. I mean, I'm going through a massive transformation in my life. Obviously, I lost my mum just about five months ago now. And But it's not just that. It's I, I'm in a weird way. I think grief brings out this, um, <laughs> weirdly, it's had an effect on my businesses as well. So I've, I've decided to come to a kind of a close of one or me stepping away anyway, me stepping back of uh, one of my businesses and looking ahead to a new truth. Um, and like collaborations like we're doing today and uh, me and you coming together and it's it's exciting but at the same time I feel like a grief for mm. letting go of that busy crazy person that, which is amazing that I work so hard but then also I'm like accepting that I might not be in that role anymore it's like a grief in a way like I'm shedding layers of myself and it's scary you're so used to fitting that one kind of piece and I always thought I'd be doing that for the next like 10 years. I kind of just thought I was a few years ago. And what have you been doing to help yourself through that process? Well, just, I mean, I'm always teaching with my circles and uh, the women's stuff I do and and groups. It's just self-care is so important. But I have to say, I don't have it perfect. Far from it. Like I have days where I'm, my head's a mess and I feel overwhelmed. But you know what? You know what's been the biggest healer for me is freaking movement. Mm. Yeah, even if, so every mammal in the wild, if they're stressed, they shake. So if, if they get like attacked by a predator or if they, they're in a stressful situation, they shake their body. So I've been doing a lot of that. <laughs> I know it sounds random, but moving. So I go to CrossFit most mornings, which honestly, for me, I've been a yoga teacher for 12 years. I never, ever thought I would be sitting in a CrossFit, like going in a CrossFit gym, lifting weights. Yeah, like, they're quite conflicting, aren't they? It's very, like it's very more masculine energy, even though I love the community. Don't get me wrong. It's like, even when I went to America to visit my dad recently, I went to CrossFit over there and it's like, but it's this like tribe feeling like, wow, we can do this, this strength. And ever since losing my mum and losing parts, a lot of things that have happened to me over the years, I'm like, I need to move more. I need to actually have something because yoga is great. It's for mental balance and flexibility and strength. But you need a bit of more cardio and like actual, you know, we're, we're evolved to kind of run, run to gatherers, you know, to run and well, 
you know, and, and run distances and things. And I actually think it's really good for us. Three different times in our lives, you know, if you're going through a loss, you have to process it, obviously. So we're going to talk about that a bit later. I mean, or we can go into it now, but you need to give yourself space. So have self-care. Maybe you'll have a few weeks of just feeling like you need to be in bed and resting. But then as you start to break through and, you know, everyone will have a completely different experience with loss. My kind of processing will not be the same as the next person or anyone listening. It'll, we go, I, I imagine it like waves, like it can, it's nearly been, well, five, six months now, but it can just hit me one day and I'm like, whoa, like mm. I can't, I need to get outside. Nature has been a big healer to me. Just going up high, like high up. I feel more connected to her, my mum, my beautiful mum. And, um, or just being grounded, like we're just really getting rooted, maybe taking my shoes off, just standing in the grass or, but then movement, just, it, I find all that emotion that builds maybe from me, from the self-care and like, I need to shake it out now. Mm. <laughs> so that's been a massive healer and I don't know if you want me to go into the details of with my mum, the experience I've had. I think so. I think pe- there's a lot of people out there, April, that we, we all experience loss and I'm sure losing someone so close and inspirational is heartbreaking. Mm. And But I have said before, the way you publicly shared your experience, it was so uplifting and inspiring. And exactly, because I, I was fortunate enough to meet your mum, your beautiful mum. She's amazing. And she was very positive and very upbeat. And my goodness, she was like a phoenix, you know. <laughs> she was, what you know, had this w- lovely wild energy. And I think that's what she'd want f- from you. And and I think you're you're doing a wonderful service to her and your family showing this is a beautiful way to grieve. Yes, mm. I'm going to be at home crying. I have my moments. I'm, I'm speculating here. I have no idea. But but here, right now, I'm offering another way of channeling my feelings. So yeah, please, please talk about your amazing mum. I mean, it's she would want me to share this message as well because she, actually my mum, I've probably not mentioned this. So she was um, like a death doula, really. <laughs> she trained as an interfaith minister. So I don't know if everyone knows what that is. So she was interfaith. So she didn't have one faith. She could marry people. She could do funerals. She could do anything in multi-faith. Wow. And this is a woman that had a multinational multi <laughs> a manufacturing company for 30 years. So she was very in a masculine world and then went to a spiritual world. And she had such success in her life. But it came very sudden. It came and it's very important to accept that, you know, these things might happen in those listening's lives. I just lost my grandma two years before. She was like the root of my life, like my most amazing friend and grandma. And then I lost my little baby at four months pregnant the year later. And then I lost my mum. And it was like, yeah, like, I just have to take a breath there. It's like, wow. Like sometimes like, I could either take that and and it could consume my whole soul and I could go, life's too hard. This is just, what is, why am I, why is this happening to me? What, you know, and don't get me wrong, I've had my moments, but my mum was such an advocate that we've been put on this universe, you know, to live a life of presence, of peace, to enjoy life to the full. And she's, she'd always say, I don't fear death. Like it's, we're all living this human experience, but that's not it. There's a whole spiritual experience to be had. And I remember when she was preparing for her passing. So she did what was amazing because she was a doula and she'd help people with preparing for their deaths. She would say, um, she wrote out her whole ceremony of life. So she wanted to, she wanted to be buried in the woods, this land that she owned. I saw it looked absolutely amazing. And she wanted, she even knew what musician she wanted. She wanted it all in a teepee. She wanted it really like very different, you know, to our normal cultural society, like funerals. 
she wanted to be in a wicker coffin, a compostable one that, you know, biodegraded. And she, but, you know, she'd planned this out months before she passed. Uh, but what's amazing, just seeing her strength. So my mum was basically, um, a year before, you know, she passed, she was diagnosed with this very rare type of cancer. It's called peritoneal cancer. And it's so f- aggressive. I mean, with my grandma, she'd had uh, cancer before, but we'd used loads of alternative therapies. I don't know if people have heard of like Gerson therapy and all these holistic approaches, which we'll probably cover on another topic, like healing modalities. She was about to fly to Mexico to go on a Gerson retreat um, on the 1st of January this year. Um, but with this form of cancer, it's so aggressive. It gets into your lymph nodes. And she was when she was diagnosed, it was stage 4B. Ugh. And they gave her four weeks to live on when she was diagnosed. Now, she went, you know, way over that. Um, but that's interesting because she... She did so many alternative mm. remedies to, she worked with so many, I should say. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she went and did like all sorts of past life regression. She did, she did this raw diet, actually. It was quite intense. But for her, yeah, I think it doesn't matter what you do, but if you believe in it solely, it will actually really help heal you. My mum caught it a bit late and I would, this is a message for everyone to get yourself checked. I've already, already been to like a check just to check the womb area and all that area, like a scan because we don't get ourselves checked enough. And if she'd picked it up a year earlier, it might have been different. But, you know, I can't think like that. You can't because this might have been part of the journey. This might have been part of the path. And my mom would just say, she'd just smile and be like, I'm, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I'm peaceful. And she read this lady's book called Anita Morani, um, I think it's called. <laughs> just check her out. She's called, it's called um, The Book of Living um, Dying or something. I'll, I'll send it in the show notes anyway. But she was so inspiring. This lady said, you know, we're all just spiritual beings. We're interconnected. We don't, we won't go, we'll actually be going into a state of bliss. So my mum believed there is a life after her soul will live on. And it was just beautiful how she'd put it. She'd make, it made us more accepting of it because she was so accepting of her passing. Um, she tried everything. I mean, she, it wasn't like she just accepted that she was going to die, but she did try everything. But then she was accepting if it did happen, you know. Um, so anyway, we progressed through this and we got to have them lovely final weeks. I remember the week before she passed, we had a lovely walk in the woods with all the kids and we had her in a wheelchair. And but the hard part with this cancer is it built up so quick, the fluid. So it's mm. actually the fluid that flooded her lymph nodes that led to the death in the end. But so afterwards, let's go there. So we got the call. She'd passed away in the night and her husband said that she... Um, had had actually she'd been to the cafe the night before on the way home from the hospital and got a dinner she'd eaten loads of dinner she'd uh, drank a chai latte at my cafe I was like so I was really proud that she'd had a, like, a lovely yummy food for her last meal and then she um, got up they'd watched two films and then she just stood up in the night saying oh sat back down smiled and then he said that her she just went into a state of peace and just wow. drifted. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like we thought it was going to be a long drawn out procedure. And that's not to say that happens with everyone, but my mum was very special. And I felt like that's what, how she would have wanted to go, not being like stuck till the end. And, and it just, it was beautiful. So after she passed, we were very, I think this is important in our culture. We're very much, okay, they get put in a coffin, they get put into, or, or in the ward in the hospital and, place where people go she wanted to be an open casket at home where we could go visit her until the body needed to be wrapped you know and closed and the coffin closed so I actually think this is a massive part of overcoming loss how you process after the death going to see them after passing I know it might this might feel a bit strange to some people 
sitting with them and we did like chants and mantras that are her favourite. We got all the family around, we held hands and we cried and we smiled about the happy times and we, you know, it was hard, but we, it, it helped me deal with the grief so much more. And I did the same thing with my grandma. So she was held at my mum's house in an open coffin and you keep them cool with all the windows open and everything. And then until she was the time where we had the funeral. So we had to do the funeral quite quick because we didn't want to have all them fillers that they put in people Mm. and things like that. She didn't want any of that. So it was amazing. We had to get a funeral done in like two weeks time. Well, a celebration of life. That's what she wanted to call it. But my goodness, I thought I was going to be in a massive state of grief. And I did have my days. It's like, because she was so accepting of the experience, I channeled her strength. I remember because I, I would always do this Tuesday morning, we call it the Tuesday tribe, our yoga class. And everyone was messaging me like, oh, okay, well, we understand the class is cancelled. I was like, no, 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 actually, I'm going to do it in celebration of joy for my mum. So I did a class and I did all her favourite songs like Bob Marley and Lion King. We even had the circle of life on, <laughs> blasting on the on the music and about 35 people turn up in the studio. I saw saw there was like a big, big party. (laughs) No, well, people couldn't even get in. It was so packed in the studio and it was just, it was the most emotional time and I felt like this tingling all over me and it was just like a recognition that my mum would want me to live on in joy. Maybe I was in a bit of shock because you go through like um, maybe these certain stages of grief. Like Mm. they say that you can be in denial stage, you can be in shock state and then you change. For me, I don't think it was denial. I think it was... My mum would want me to like celebrate her because she was such a powerful woman and people wanted to pay their respects. So I felt like I was channeling that with people. It was, mm. it was beautiful. Same thing when I lost my little boy at four months pregnant. Um, instead of going down the two medical route, I decided to stay at home and have the miscarriage at home, which was a long journey. I had to wait a few weeks for that. And I'd never even knew that was a thing. But when you the baby's heart stopped beating, you have to then wait weeks and weeks for it to come naturally. Um, and that for that, actually my mum, she was alive at that point. She led a ceremony and we did a beautiful ceremony in the garden. And I buried him, you know, in the garden. And like, it's these things, it's these rituals and these ceremony. I think we've lost touch with in our society. And I can't urge people enough to get into this because it, it transformed how I saw grief. And I did go on to have days where I just feel like I wanted to lie in bed and process it. But nature, like I said before, and, and movement has been my greatest gift, like just to get me through them dark days. And there will be little things now, like five months later, you'll see a message on your phone or you'll get someone run into you in the street and, and give their condolences. And they're only being lovely, but it just triggers you back. Mm. But I, I, what it's been for me is just keep remembering my mom would want me to step into joy, step into love. Even when I'm feeling down, I'm like, could I just step one more step closer? Because she'd want that. And now I've used a lot of, I've joined like a little, I've got a coach now and I feel it's just a simple techniques that they give me like journaling, which really helps. I actually write letters to my mom all the time. And I go up to the cloud near where we live, this beautiful space, just a hill. (laughs) And it's like every time I was actually on my way over here and where we are, beautiful Wales recording. I saw this buzzard just fly across the road on the motorway and I thought that's quite rare and her buzzards was her spirit animal so she'd, she'd just go goo goo and pull these <laughs> in I know it sounds a bit woo-woo but they'd always come and I keep seeing that as like her guide like I feel like yeah. that's a message from oh that's a reminder of but I think so many people do that they yeah. look up at the clouds they see birds they see butterflies they see feathers yeah. and I think you know okay not everyone's into that and that's mm. absolutely fine but they see these these um little clues or these little moments that are presented to them and they go and it just sort of reconnects them with their loved one for that split second 
it gives you that tingling sensation knowing that everything's okay. They are with us. And a big thing that I've been doing a lot of research in is like they, they are now our guides and they could be actually more powerful. More being useful. In spiritual form. Yeah, because you you have a and you have to really call them in. And I think and this is something, trust me, two years ago, I might not have been open to this. Mm-hmm. It is quite out there. But I've had these profound experiences. Like one night I was out walking and I um I, I, my coach, this is that actually that Gabby Burns, I just do like her weekly thing. And I, she said to try and attune to your spirit guy, like whoever you want, you have to really call them in, like be very clear and specific. I would like, you know, to call in this energy and, it, you know, they might not come, it might, it might not, it's not like actually they're going to be there, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, their energy. And I just said, like, give me a message, you know, on what I should do right now in my life and da, da, da. And then all of that, I kid you not, I was in this, I was coming out of this clearing, the woodland, it was starting to go dark. I got, I've never seen bats where I live that much. I've seen one occasion, about 30 bats. Wow. Sort of swarming around me in a circle. And I was like a bit freaked out. Like one was nearly hitting my face. I was like, what is that message? So later I like Googled online, what's the meaning of that? And it was actually drop into your grief, like let yourself be with your grief. It was all about grief. I was like, oh, maybe I'm not giving myself enough space. So then obviously I run a busy business. I've got the kids. And I think that kept me in that that motion of just keep going, keep going. So I probably was living in just keep going. Mm-hmm. And then about three months in, I would say that was the hardest time. I think because there was so much stuff to do, tick the ceremony, tick all her stuff I need to sort out, tick all the things she owned, you know, getting that mm. all sorted. And then three months in, I went, Oof, I really had to take some space for myself and and just let yourself be in grief, let yourself have that self-care. And I don't know if you found this, because I know you've been through some experiences of deep grief. and Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Different, slightly different. Mm. Well, no, I say different. It's, it's not grief, mm. it's grief. But I did actually um, miscarry, which I was open about mm. um, on social media. But it was, um, I said to you the other day, I said it was frustrating because obviously I really wanted that little soul. Mm. And um, we are sponsored today by Supernova Living, an amazing wellness powder that is packed full of adaptogenic herbs and proteins. It's got red maca, wild chaga, ashwagandha, and so much more. I literally in the morning just shake it up with my gorgeous almond milk and it's just fresh and ready for the day to get you feeling plant powered and ready. So if you want to try this amazing organic powder, just head over to supernovaliving.com and use the code with intention to get your 20% off. Enjoy everyone. I hemorrhaged quite badly and I lost a third of my blood and I, I I was very, very, very sick and I was rushed into hospital and um, they had to do everything while I was awake. Oh, they were going to take me into theatre and it was a lot, you know. Yeah. I mean, we the guys, this is a big trigger and I know there's a lot of people out here listening thinking, oh, this is heavy and it is, but you know, it's part the, the, of life, it's, though, isn't it's it? It's part of life, and it's and it's how do we how do we deal with it? And that's what I'm going to talk about. Once I'd kind of got home, my mom was there. My husband was filming away, and although he wasn't when I miscarried, but he yeah. had to go. And my mom took over, which was amazing because I had zero energy because I had lost so much blood. Mm. Um, but I was quite. There was a moment where I was quite angry. So this was my process for I don't know how many years, ten years. I've had so much pressure from friends, some family members, um, people I don't know, about having a child. Mm. So when I lost this one, I was so angry at all those people um, that had sort of 
kind of put a pressure on me to have this experience, even though I wanted it for myself. And I needed to go through that. And I wrote a letter and I said to my mom and I, I remember reading it to her and I was crying and she was crying. It was sort of like, you know, it was this very therapeutic moment, but I never, I never said it to anybody, never said it to those people because they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know they were hurting me over those, that decade of time, you know, and, but certainly the whole process of losing one, uh, what I needed to do was I needed to understand the process. And that's, that's something that I want to talk about is actually, sometimes that's really helpful debriefing like on what actually happened yeah let's let's debrief so what I did first because I knew I wanted to know the spiritual side of things but I wanted to give that more time so I went down the science route first ticked all the boxes okay right it could have possibly been that right Mm -hmm. done I've done that side then I delved deeper in the spiritual side of things so I could really connect with why this possibly happened and you know I made so much peace with it and I knew it was a a male energy Um, and I knew he'd come in to sort of see if I wanted to be a mum because I think I'd put it off for so long and I wasn't, you know, even though I did want it and I never wanted that to happen to me, I think he came in and said, hey, are you ready? Do you want me? Are you ready for a bit of a, a bit of challenge in life? And, um, you know, and maybe I wasn't quite there, possibly. And, you know, he stepped away. Now, whether he's come back again as Ocean, I don't know. It's That's quite far out there for people. I appreciate that. But, um, or whether, you know, just came in to say hello, but I do feel like I've got this little soul around me. And, you know, weirdly, all through my life, when you go visit psychics and all sorts of people, <laughs> and uh, that's, again, another topic, but... They all said there was a little boy around me in spirit, oh. always. And they said, oh, people would say to me when I was really young, have you had a miscarriage? And I'm thinking, I'm not even having sex. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I, it, it was strange. And I think he was way, he was there mm. a long, long time ago. And, he, you know, but it was a, it was a hard process. I had to heal my body. And I took that challenge with open arms and positivity and in a couple of months' time, I conceived my lovely little boy, Ocean. So I'm grateful for the experience. Mm. taught me a lot. It helped me expel anger that I think I carried because of people pecking at me for 10 mm. years to have a child, over worrying about my ovaries. Just worry about your own. Please yeah. stop worrying about mine. And it helped me get rid of that anger. It was, it was tough. And it was hard for Emmett as well. You, you know, we mustn't underestimate how hard it is for, for oh, guys and seeing their, their partner they love in pain and losing something that they both created. Yeah. So, um, but, but like I said, you know, we're trying to talk about obviously loss here and we know there's a lot of trigger warnings here for a lot of people, but by talking about it and showing that, that we can recover. Exactly. And we can find a positive from it. Well, it's, it's showing that we're resilient, very resilient. Oh, that's as a great a, word, resilient. As a, wor- like as a world, like we all go through a loss. It's not possible for you to live your life and not go through some sort of loss, whether it's a friend or a loved one. And, the, you know, it can be really unfair. But if you get stuck in that mindset of the world's doing this to me, that I'm being victimised and I'm my life's not good, then you can spiral. You can see it, how it could happen, but... You've got to remember that these loved ones that we lose would want us to step into a space of peace. They'd want us, they know that we would want to have a more purposeful life. And actually, I think that every person that we might lose, even though it's horrendously tragic, they can be our guides and they, we can be kind of doing it for them now. Hey, come on, let's live life to the full. And it's made me realize like, 
life's too short. Like we don't know what our next step is in our life and we are all going to die at some point. And I know that's really, I, I, I don't see that as a negative thing anymore. My mum's taught me well to say, it's a part of life. It's a cycle. It's a circle of life. Come on, let's think to little, the Lion King holding Simba up in the air. It's, life comes and goes and it's, it's actually the resilience I wanted to talk on, on actually when people go through that passing, if you have lost a loved one, they draw all that strength in. It's the most powerful thing to witness. And it's like, wow, like we are resilient as a, as a human race. It's incredible, isn't it? And I think I've just, there's a quote here by Buddha, uh, neither fire nor wind, birth nor death can erase our good deeds. And I think like that's what we should be focusing on all the good stuff that we could be doing while we're here right now and being present because they say there's a very thin veil between us and our our loved ones that have passed. Mm. And it's not some wild distance. They're right here if you believe in this and afterlife and so on. You might not. You might, you know, be atheist and not believe in anything. And that's it. That's the end. And that's fine. But for those that do, they they say it's a very thin veil. Yeah. And they're right here guiding us and you're feeling it even more so now. Well, you'll find it more because they say the veil gets thinner as you go through birth. Oh, and my goodness. Through um, menopause and different transitions in a woman's life. They actually can get closer to the veil, which is really interesting oh. because you're going through such a primal. They actually say, well, I suppose it is a death of some sorts giving birth because you're losing that part of what you're a mother to one child to then the next. It's actually a rebirth. Or going from maiden to mother. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. And um, there's a lot of constantly in our life, you know, if we look at this, things come to an end all the time and, and the rebirth of things happening. Well, each day the sun rises and goes, you know, it's, it's we have to welcome that we shouldn't be looking at death as, uh, even though it's tragic, as a real negative thing. I would love my mum to be here for 20 more years to see my kids grow up and see River, my girl, get married. And, you know, that that's the stuff that I find hard. That mm-hmm. is, you know, that gets... I had anger, like you said. I had anger towards that. I did at first. And then I thought, well, she is. In a way, she's still here. She, she in a way, <laughs> created me to create my little girl to then... She's set. She's, they're in our DNA, you know, and they're mm-hmm. part of us always, you know. And we've just got to keep living our life to our full and know that they're going to be with us along the way. It's interesting you should talk about the DNA aspect because for those women out there that have lost um, a child, the DNA stays with us for the rest of our lives. Isn't that amazing? I found that so comforting. So when I had my miscarriage at four months, um, they said, so I saw that fact online. It was like, oh, they all the cells remain within your body. So it's actually you carry them. Yeah, forever. Which is so interesting. They, I mean, They don't go, they don't leave you. And I think that's absolutely beautiful and and I think there needs to be more talk about this with anyone that might have had a miscarriage there's so many options when you do I mean obviously there's need sometimes to go to hospital and get baby removed and different things but there's also there's not much talk on natural miscarriage and that was a very heal maybe this is why I processed it better I don't know I don't well not better but in a in a good way in my heart because I let it just happen on its own and it was hard you know but I got to, it was like the same, it was interesting, it was the same birth experience that I'd had with my others, same intensity. Mm. So I could not believe it. It was like as intense as a normal labour and then baby coming um, and actually being able to sit and identify if it was a boy or a girl. That was, but in a way it was, like, was that grounded me in a way because I, I had, I could name him and I could put him into the earth. I could, the kids all actually, this will be a bit controversial, but connected with him. We had him in a little box and they decorated the box and we did a ceremony in our garden. We lay flowers and pictures and they wrote letters to him. And 
in a way they would talk about it so openly at school and the teachers had a word with me they're like oh we've never had this before mm. I was like well this is truth like this is they've lost their little baby brother like I don't, I'm not going to just shun away from talking about it because they it actually let them process it because my little girl was six you know she's got to be able to talk openly and, and know that there is these things that happen in life and but actually you've given her a tool there that she knows that she can verbalize what she was sort of feeling and she could also whether that's whether her writing a little letter or drawing a picture or yeah. or doing whatever she needs to do or your other children you're giving them a voice rather than taking it away from them going well they're too young yeah don't talk about, don't talk about that well, what was interesting as well is afterwards so we, whenever we'd meet people they'd say you know you, you get into conversation oh how many children do you have she'd always say there's four of us and she said, I have three brothers. And this happened for a whole year after. She doesn't as much anymore because she, I think she's grown up maybe getting aware of people. But he was called Bodhi and she'd always say, yeah, I've got Bodhi, Jesse, Grayson. And I'd be like, wow. Like, and she'd identify with everyone with having three brothers. And she would say like, even now, she says, oh my gosh, well, Dawny, <laughs> the grandma that she's just lost, is with Bodhi now. Yes, she understands. But she's really like, but excited about it in a, in a way. She's like, because kids, they don't analyse things as much as us. She's like, wow, like they sometimes say we miss her. We wish she was here, but they're like, she's in the light. She's in the sunrise. She's in the birds. But you that's know? a credit to you guys mm. and how you handled that because it, it could have been, it could be the other way around and yeah. she could be in a different headspace, but you've allowed her to sort of flourish through loss and you've encouraged that, even though you're going through your own turmoil, your own process, yeah. all of you as a family individually, but you've allowed your children to process that in such a beautiful way. And there's a lesson in that for us all. And I think we need to start like celebrating their, you know, like say their celebration of life or each year you could play celebration to them and show them pictures, put pictures up around the house. Don't like just shy away from that person you've lost. Like I show the kids pictures most nights and stuff so that they keep that. My little boy's only two, but he talks about her still. I want to keep that memory in their mind so that you always remember her. And I think that's good instead of shying away from it. And it's interesting. So she used to say the love day. She was very big on two, number two, number two. She and my mum would say 22 of every month. And that's when we did actually her celebration with life was on the second. 2 p.m. on the 22nd of the 2nd, 2022. <laughs> she was obsessed with two. And every day on the 22nd, that gives us a time to go, let's celebrate dawn today. Let's have a self-care day. So Brilliant. she'd call it the love day. So that might empower you guys. There might be a special day that comes to mind that reminds you of them. Set a time where you don't go to work that day or you have a day off, book a holiday and just try and have a day to process, you know, because that helps. And whatever your loss is, it might not be a person. It might be a focus or a direction in life, in career, love, a partner who's still alive but not with you anymore mm. however that looks for you find some space to just do a lot of self-care and love and um yeah and breathe through it because you know when i when i find something really difficult i have a habit of shutting down and just not breathing the way i should and my friends n- know when i'm i disappear mm. And um, I'm, I'm not very attainable, and they go, "It's okay, Claire. We've had like thirty years of this. We just, <laughs> we just, we just know that you, you'll you reconnect mm-hmm. at the other side because that's just my process. Yeah, I kind of. It's not that I don't want to talk to them. I just need to figure it for myself first. I think it's important to have time by yourself, though, to process. And because I probably was a little bit more connecting with others at first, but then to go into yourself, you know, really. And there's still things I think now that I've, I've got to go deep and process. You know, you always have things that you kind of think, oh, could I have done differently and help them in some way? Or could I have done this? And it's starting to dis- get rid of that attachment, know that you've done everything you could. 
because I still hold this, you know, forgive yourself for anything that you feel you did wrong because there's no point carrying that in your life anymore. And um, and a big one that's helped me as well that resets my central nervous system every day if I can, cold showers and cold therapy. Oh, that's next level. And honestly, it's been... So actually I booked three weeks after she passed, my sister rang me and said, hey, you know, mum always loved us going to that, this amazing guy. We'll have to get him on the podcast in the Peak District. Should we go and see him and have an ice bath? And I was like, what? what? <laughs> and, you know, some people might have looked and they like, oh, they look like they're just keeping on with life, but it, it needed to happen. Mm. And it was like, whoa, processing. We did this breath work, very controlled. And I was crying and lots was coming out. And then we jumped into this water and it like resets you. Mm. It was just phenomenal. And it actually scientifically does reset your nervous system. So you might need that every day. You know, just a cold shower is enough. And I started doing that every morning, which... Emmett does it. Emma, uh, you know, he absolutely swears by his, he would fill the bath up with ice cubes. <laughs> I do this sometimes. And, um, and he'd, he'd hold his breath. He'd do the, he got really good at it, but I couldn't do it because I was pregnant and I didn't feel like it was a good time to do so it. Ease it in it, it, yeah. with pregnancy. But they say the vagus nerve in your neck. So you need to dunk your head under as well because it gets that oh, part, right. which is the healing part, which is good. But I think, um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. And I, I suppose with this podcast, obviously, it's not for everybody because we're talking about loss, but mm. if anyone out there is feeling lost, despair and all those, there are people that you can reach out to and connect to and don't be shy of finding help and support. Um, but of course, from us, we're sending you so much love yeah. and send, well wishes. Yeah. Send us a message if you need us. And yeah, we're thinking about you and just know that time is is a healer and you just need to trust you know, to show up each day, just step into a little bit more joy, a little bit more love and know that you will get through this. You've got it. See you soon. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed listening to With Intention, why not give us a fabulous rating? Help us connect with more like-minded people like yourselves and build out our fabulous community. Or subscribe to our podcast and you'll never miss an episode.